I'm Justin. I'm Tom. I'm Frank. We are plaid lads. Do 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 This just in, election happened two weeks ago. Plant lads, weigh in. Plant lads, take the lead in election. Yeah, plant lads, wait, what's that? Plant lads have flipped Pennsylvania. The world waits with bated breath. As the plaid lads end their week and a half of silence, finally, we can hear what these three know-it-all young uh, bumpkins have to say about national politics. This just in, ladies and gentlemen, plaid lads invade Poland. The plaid lad Reich marches on. Oh, no. We're being so jovial and lighthearted, and it's not because we finally snapped. It's because yeah, speak for yourself. <laughs> Let's take all that again. Uh, no, I refuse. Uh, so the midterms were like a week and a half ago. Two weeks and five days. And we're still days. counting. And still counting. Yeah. Uh, we have some undecided races, uh, including New Jersey's very own third congressional district with Andy Kim, who's more or less got it stitched up at this point. Taking it from that piece of shit Tom MacArthur. What a bunk. Uh, he fucking sucks. All of this to say nothing of our commander in chief's latest attack on democracy. More uh, like commander in Queef. Queef. Ah! <laughs> I didn't want to say it, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, I'll say anything. <laughs> Come here for journalistic excellence and uh, nuanced perspective. So, we, but when things are, we got, it's decent. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> My hot take, like, pretty good. <laughs> theoretically, it could have been better, obviously. <laughs> But there was no feasible way numerically to make it even better than it already was. Mm. Like, it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Like, uh, there was no numerical way they were going to retake the Senate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... um, You know what it is? It's it's uh, uh, the universe, the Big Bang happened, and the world has been... The universe has been exploding uh, into entropy from, from a highly ordered state. And for a little bit there, uh, through the chaos, we landed in a reality where only the worst case scenario could happen. And yeah, it's called Hell World. And we're, we're living in Hell World, and just everything went the worst possible way. And then finally, because the, the chaos continues and entropy continues and back into the stirring chaos of existence, we're into a reality line where, like, the third worst thing that could happen happened instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we're like very relieved. Justin's butthole is so loose now. Let me tell you. <laughs> okay, cut that out. For fuck's sake, cut that fart um, out. No, he's not going to cut it <laughs> we're out. We're better than this, fellas. We're better than this, lads. 
we're we're definitively not. We need to show uh, the world what plaid can be. So this is the first divided government since um, what, like two thousand six? Oh, you're talking about the the two chambers of Congress. Mm, yeah. Um, when I it, when it was two thousand six, I was preoccupied with much uh, more important things. Uh, like not getting laid. Boom! Oh, <laughs> oh, wow! Bam! I went there. Shots fired. Shots, Shots fired. fired, ladies and gentlemen. Plaid lads. Blam! Blam! <laughs> you are on fire, sir. Which nope. is weird because I don't feel well, so I feel like I'm actually on fire. You know where else is on fire? Yeah, California. Oh God! <laughs> Speaking of shots fired, yeah, we gotta about- talk about it. How about that bar in uh, also oh, California? No. <laughs> For fuck's sake. The, um, the nihilistic so as, death march continues on. As we speak, pretty much the entire state of California is burning down. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. It, it's getting close to not being an exaggeration to say so. It's a big ass state, and it's like Northern California and Southern California. I don't even, yeah. I don't think there's enough stuff in Eastern California that it burns. I think it's just all sand and uh, Texaco stations. Mm. I mean, that can't be good for the fire. <laughs> no, that's, that makes fire worse. Fire bad. Well, they're abandoned, so they don't have any gasoline anymore. Uh, no. And as uh, as of today, when we are recording this, a third wildfire has broken out. Yeah. It's, so, um, climate change, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. 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 It's a common... <laughs> And it's coming for places that you live faster than you think. Just because people in Bangladesh are drowning sooner than you will be doesn't mean that you're not next. So you fucking dipshit like uh, 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 managers of used car lots who think that, you know, polluting the atmosphere with uh, toxic fossil fuels is just an A-OK way to live your life because it makes you more money. Uh, Go fuck yourselves. You're going to be relocated to uh, climate refugee camps outside Chengdu in like 10 years. Uh, so I was listening to a story, like a dispatch from uh, uh, builders in Florida recovering from the wakes of the massive, uh, more frequent hurricanes there. And uh, they were talking about uh, they already had a crisis of a shortage of labor for the housing uh, sector. Uh, but now even more so now that they're rebuilding after the storm and they talked to a couple contractors Um who were had very lenient attitudes toward migration and immigration because they needed the foreign workers to come and do the work. But then when asked about climate change, they said, uh, no, no, I, I think it's cyclical. It's a fake thing. Uh, they found a wrecked pirate ship from the 1600s, and that was sunk by a storm, a boat built 400 years ago. Here's the thing. Those those people, the deniers, deserve uh, the fiery death that's coming for us all. But the rest of us don't. <laughs> yeah. No, the rest of us who believe in it and have been screaming about it for basically our entire lives at this point yeah. uh, deserve to not die. Yeah. You know what this sounds exactly like? What's that? Uh, this sounds like apocalyptic religious hysteria. We're, we're, we're like the fucking monks, because we would be monks in the Middle Ages, mm. up there in the monastery. Uh talking you guys who have been denying the importance of of piety and 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 humility are now dying from this mysterious plague that we can't figure out and you deserve to die 
But us monks who have been faithfully copying the Bible uh, for our whole lives, we don't deserve to die. It's true. It's actually not entirely wrong, though. <laughs> like, what do you mean, Frank? We're right. Like, they do deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. Well, I'm just pointing out a similarity in belief systems and sort of justifications for apocalypse. I read a great book called The Last Myth by a guy named Matthew Barrett Gross and Mel Giles. That's where I'll cut it in. And uh, it basically <laughs> explores the, the, the mental psychology of, uh, of the apocalypse. And uh, for religious folk, obviously, the apocalypse is the apocalypse. But for uh, more liberal folk, uh, even though it's valid, um, scientifically, empirically, uh, our, our apocalypse, our, our world-ending event that will justify our outlook is climate change. Mm. But it's this, it's mentally the same thing, even though ours will come true. Yeah, even though ours is the real one. So ours uh, and the real girl. I hate that film. It's terrible. It's a bad movie. No one should watch it. I agree. I had to watch it. Uh-huh. Justin's smiling. I think he's smiling the smile of a man who used to like that movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I have to say about Cl- no. I got nothing. Here's what I have to say about Lars and the real girl. <laughs> nope. Um. Guns are bad, also fire, but we have house. House is good. You live in home. Ryan Gosling, fuck sex doll. Jesus. Sex doll, get job at hospital. (laughs) Justin loves sex doll, get job at hospital movie. uh, That movie, when I saw it, I was young, uh, like 19 or 20, and the character is 25. I'm like, man, why would he have a psychotic break and start uh, imagining <laughs> a real relationship? He's Oh, but he's 25. That's so old and so long to spend alone <laughs> in an isolation. Yeah. Clearly, I might do the same if I were to be lonely for, for five more years. See, here's the thing. I'm nothing like him. I don't have a like, life-size sex doll. I just have a, a Halloween right? skeleton that I named Howard, and he lives with me in my shack. <laughs> All of it true. <laughs> you don't you also have a rusted um replica of sting yes sword from lord of the rings yes that you tried to use as a trowel and it immediately rusted yes so what you're saying is i'm a, a the world's amazing coolest man, man. <laughs> <laughs> they do call me the emotional mr magoo <laughs> <laughs> and he's single. Hey, babies! Plaid. <laughs> Cut this all out. Do no, we want to talk it. about politics and the world more? I think no. I think I no, think. I think that was the logical endpoint. We're, we're so relieved that <laughs> yeah. we're just done. We're fucking checked out. It's, we're just like Nancy Pelosi's going to fix everything. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the uh, thing. It's, I mean, in in one bit of good political news. Uh, Arizona elected its first Democratic governor for the first time since 1988. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, it is the completely uninspiring Kristen Cinema. Mm. But who cares? There's a Democrat in Arizona. Uh, un- also, unfortunately, John McCain fucking bit the dust. So they're just going to appoint uh, her Republican opponent mm. to his seat. Fucking thanks a lot, asshole. Making the world worse, even in death. 
Um, what else we got, fellas? <laughs> Nothing. I am empty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we as uh, plaid lads and plaid ladettes out there. Uh, we lasses, obviously lasses. Pla- no, ladettes. Um, deserve a nice week. Just take a little nap for a second. <clears throat> we 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 won the smallest of victories. We, the tiniest of victories by like two seats. We were able to get a slice of that pie that's cooling on the uh, on the windowsill until the guy. the big obese fat man grabs it back and shakes his fist at us. But we're just, Robin Hoods, men yeah. in tights. <laughs> I love the- you all. Goodbye forever. Goodbye. Bye. And we I've now done die. my work. <laughs> oh my god! This is the point where we all kill ourselves ritualistically, right? Oh, Jesus Christ, Frank! <laughs> Frank is uh, just spitting hot nails in tonight. I'm Mister Mister Rogers. Let's all be a Mister Rogers. I like you the way you are. You're the perfect little you. Do oh, the things god. you do. I like the face you make when you're dancing in the cake. So right after, um, right after the election, the next day, uh, Trump fired Sessions and started moving to a Point Whitaker, and we all got into a tizzy because we were riding that fucking high of voting and actually getting good outcomes, and uh, they they had those rapid response protests, and I actually actually uh attended one and i i didn't wanna because to go to the one in philly because i'm a big lazy uh lump so <clears throat> me and a coworker from the library uh went to a closer one in pensacon and uh there were about 300 people all sitting in a park with no lights on there were no media or police or counter protesters and we all just parked our cars and walked there and stood around with signs that no one could see because it was dark and there was no lights and some people were like this is very bad that's happening mm-hmm. and then about 40 minutes later we're like okay i think we've proved Let's our home <laughs> you guys want to go to wawa <laughs> um and we ended fascism that night Mussolini came back to life and died all over again in front of us. Yeah. It was pretty Pretty hot. Pretty cool. Hot and cool all at once. um, You know what else is cool? Movies. (laughs) (laughs) Plaid, let's Let's go go to the movies. Plaid, let's go to the movies. movies. Plaid, let's, let's go, go to the movies. movies. This time it's Ingmar Bergman. Take it, Frank. <laughs> All right. So this week, the film we watched to talk about on this here podcast was the 1957 Ingmar Bergman film Wild Strawberries. Uh, it's starring Victor Solstrom, who is a guy that we're going to talk about again pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Right? Wink, yes. wink. Wink, wink. Uh, Victor Solstrom was, of course, a director who was a great influence on Ingmar Bergman, particularly the film he directed called The Phantom Carriage, Ooh. which uh, eagle-eared plaid lad listeners, keep your ears open around New Year-ish, whenever he released that. That's going to be a thing. Uh, anyway. Did somebody say something about big ears? <laughs> <laughs> 
Why would his voice be different? I don't know. <laughs> would he talk much more quietly? Anyway, Bob. <laughs> anyway, Victor Solstrom plays a professor named Isak Borg, and he's got a problem. His problem is he's an old ass man, and he's a real fucking asshole. We'll get to it. I didn't find him to be that much of an asshole. He's actually not. He's not that much of an asshole, but they code him to be. Yeah. They like code him as as not likable. He's closed Um, off and cold. Guys. He doesn't want anything from anybody, but he's not and he's not giving anything to anybody. No. Fellas. Uh, he kind of ossifies into his old age. Yes. Very ossified. Are we just talking about it now? Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. I mean, but maybe there's, I, I think, two things. Because a lot of the reasons why he's a shithead, uh, we find out um, uh, past tense, uh, for instance, in the, uh, in, in the car ride. And his, uh, his daughter-in-law uh, is like, uh, do you know what you said when I first showed up here? Uh, and he's like, oh, I don't remember. She's like, uh, you said when I first got here, fuck you, get off my lawn. I don't care about your stupid fucking marriage. (laughs) Don't trouble me. I don't care about the mentally weak, uh, eat shit and die. And he was like, ho, 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 did I say that? Did I do that? Let's take it off again. (laughs) (laughs) So his his da- uh, daughter-in-law is played, of course, by Ingrid Thulin, mm-hmm. who is a frequent collaborator with Ingmar Bergman. He worked typically with a pretty tight-knit group of actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is my, my favorite shit ever. Yeah, Gunnar Bjornstrand is his son, Ewald, who is her husband, and Max von Sydow shows up for yes. all of a minute. Yes. Wonderfully. Yes. I love him. I love him. As a gas station attendant. He's just a normal guy, awesome. handsome dude. Yeah. He's just, so this was released the same year as The Seven Seal. Really? So in the same year, Max von Sydow was the marquee star of one of Ingmar Bergman's best yeah. movies and also just a brief cameo in another of uh, As a gas station movies. attendant. <laughs> yeah. And he's just being a normal ass dude, but you can tell it's Max von Sydow, and you're like, "Holy shit!" Like, I know you're trying to be normal, but you're incredibly lanky, like <laughs> eight feet tall, Max von Sydow, and his hair looked particularly blonde. Yeah, yes. So he, it was like almost unsettling. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, it's probably got to do with those Scandinavian socialists and some sort of law about like no one actor can have too many screen time minutes. So he yeah. probably reached his quota for the year after. Playing chess with death. Yeah. Now he's just pumping gas, pumping gas and pooping out babies. Yeah. We, we should talk about the, the sort of overall plot structure of the movie, which yes. is. May, should we? God, <laughs> we should. It's yeah, God, yeah, we should. We should, Frank. Take yeah. it away. So uh, Dr. Borg is on his way to accept an honorary degree at the Lund University uh, and his daughter in law is driving him there and in and around this drive to this university for this honorary degree, he is Christmas Carol like haunted Mm -hmm. by visions of death and his past and doubting uh, who he is as a person and his own sort of faults and just sort of looking back on the life that was and wondering if it was all worth it to get to the point that he's at now Uh, in particular, 
reminiscing about the wild strawberry patch that he played in in his youth and in which he fell in love with his cousin. What? Yeah, with his cousin. Which, there are a couple of things that made me realize that this is probably the most mid-century European film mm. I think I've ever seen, and I've seen a lot of them. But this kind of had it all. Bragging. This had these sort of unproblematized uh, incestuous relationships. Yeah. Well, it had. I gotta, yeah. I gotta cast a little uh, doubt shadow on that because maybe it's some sort of element of uh, Swedish culture we aren't familiar with. Because you'll notice that also that his daughter-in-law refers to him as uncle. So maybe yeah. sort of broader. Uh, familial relations have uh, different names. We both know that's not the case, and he's a freak. <laughs> Thank but you. there's also uh, when he picks up various young hitchhikers, uh, they tend to discuss their philosophies on life and politics and religion pretty openly over cigarettes and brandy, like in the middle of the fucking day. Mm-hmm. And they eat very rich meals in the middle of the day, and everyone's fucking smoking. And one of the hitchhikers they pick up, the shitty couple that they kick yeah. out. Oh, yeah. Um, Wonderful. Uh, there's a line where she's like, uh, uh, oh, no, it's the the original couple uh, where the girl is like, I smoke a pipe because my boyfriend says it's good for you. And like, that's the most 1957 thing I've ever heard Yeah. is, what? oh, man, this tobacco smoke really uh, it, it gets you it gets your feelings up not not for nothing also that the uh the daughter-in-law is fucking pregnant and she's she's choking him down yeah so this movie is the first i think that i've seen the earliest uh emotional oscar bait road trip movie <laughs> uh a la uh what well i'm saying this is the thing that got bastardized uh, and abused by uh, guilt trip with Barbara Streisand. And, uh, yeah, you're saying this is like the good version of A Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, it is. Or whatever, whatever that shitty movie was that was starring Billy Crystal. Sex Drive. From like, no, <laughs> also from like that. four or five years ago. But like, yeah, I think it, it's close. It's the good version of what those shitty American movies are. Uh, like you said, kind of like that Barbara Streisand movie, the one with uh, Seth Rogen, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, hey, I retract that statement. Yeah. Or, or uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That's a good movie. Though. That is a good we, one. But there's a direct link between that and Wild Strawberries. Yeah. Can we just yeah. do that movie next week? No. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so they pick up these hitchhikers. Now, the one who is the girl... Uh, is also Sarah uh, in yes. his 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 uh, his uh, stroking out for a minute when they go back to the old summer home, uh, yeah. and he he hallucinates that he's back in his youth. Uh, Again, a very Christmas Carol-y technique. To totally, yeah. And then the same girl appears uh, in modern garb and modern precociousness uh, to be his. Um, He's precocious again. Uh, hitchhiker friend, along with her two male suitor slash sh- uh, chaperones, uh, allegorical cogs in the wheel themselves. You've got a future minister, and you've got a mm-hmm. uh, what is he going to be? Uh, like an engineer or something? Yeah, uh, the science yeah. man, and then the the god man, and they literally argue. And one of the most hilarious yes. shots in the movie <laughs> when they're slap boxing on the hill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they, they get back in the car and fold their arms in a huff. And uh, the, my favorite line in the whole movie, well, 
does God exist? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they literally talk about it over lunch and get mad about it in a way that, again, just made me feel like, oh, you could really only make this kind of movie convincingly in the middle of the 20th century. Yeah. When people kind of still cared about talking about things like that. And maybe it could also be a little bit of a line about youth in that age group. Uh, I, I, yeah. I remember myself and then later my friends uh, being really just gross with these discussions about like, oh, can God make a rock so heavy? Oh, that you he mean cannot- now? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I've known God is dead uh, for uh, uh. 10 years now. <laughs> I proved it in a mathematical proof. I'll send it to you. Um, I want to say this. Shut up, everybody. It's time for Justin to talk about filmmaking techniques and not know the language of it. This movie uh, is set uh, a good portion of it in the car. As we said, there are a lot of movies that have done this. I have never seen a movie before or after since this movie that... um, used like sweeping crane shot not crane shots here's where it comes in frank what am i looking for a dolly dolly shots dolly shots uh, in may the i car. introduce you to a little director named francois truffaut okay is he here <laughs> yes it- francois justin ah 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 did me <laughs> what are your actual thoughts on the film justin I think it's a um, a wonderful, um, beautiful movie. Did it make you cry? It did make me cry on a few occasions. I think it's a beautiful movie with incredible performances. And I think it's one of the best, most um, subtle um, movies of character growth. In, in terms of we see the internal life of, of this man throughout the film. Uh, it through uh, dream sequences and remembrances, and we kind of know what's going on in his mind. But the thing that is so goddamn beautiful is the external change that comes over him. It's very, very subtle because, as we said, he's um, coded as being um, like a dick and a, a cold man. But in that. He's not a monster. He's never a monster. He's just kind of uh, uh, standoffish and aloof. And the yeah, he's just not nice. Yeah. And the external growth throughout the film is so subtle to be uh, just by the end. The thing that made me cry so much is when um, he's finally uh, in bed and his uh, daughter-in-law comes in. And uh, like he says, thank you for coming with me. Uh, and he says, I'd like you. And she says, I like you. <laughs> and it's not this grand thing of like, I'm broken open and, and, and it's a beautiful and, and I want you to know that I truly appreciate and love you. It's something better than that, which is he can't allow himself to liking somebody is so much uh, harder than than loving them, you know, because it's like a choice. He's making a choice to be a person. It's beautiful. I really appreciate it, the way this film ended, uh, in that, A, he didn't die. He didn't die. Which I fucking love. Yeah. And And he he didn't uh, 
go on, but he doesn't, he's not fixed. No, not like Scrooge. Yeah, exactly. From Scrooge. Uh, yeah. He, uh, but you see him, uh, he, we don't see on camera uh, uh, him forgive his son's debts. By the way, big thing in this is that the son owes the father a lot of money, I guess paying for him to go to medical school. His son's also a doctor. Uh, and it's sort of this stress, and his son is so duty-bound that he won't protest, and he pays it back, and it makes their life hell, and they're holding off on having children. We'll get to it. Uh, and uh, uh, the father uh, decides to forgive the debt, and he, he's about to broach the topic, but the son is in such a hurry, and he's so tired of hearing about it that uh, he, he doesn't even hear him out. We can assume probably that he's gonna like talk to him tomorrow or call him or and it's gonna happen but we don't need to see the happen see this happen we don't need to see the big catharsis uh we just know and then he and then he just contently knowing that he'll get to it drifts off to sleep and has a dream of his mother and father in a beautiful idyllic swedish summer vacation situation and it's uh it's wonderful yeah like uh Nearing the end of the film, <clears throat> the central, his central struggle uh, kind of changes between his uh, facing his own mortality and, and realizing what a uh, asshole he's been to realizing, oh, fuck, I ruined my child. And I mean, I'm going to die soon, whatever, but I'm, uh, I created this within my son and and that's what he i found it slightly frustrating in a good way that his son wouldn't let let him have that moment of like listen listen to me listen to me and squeezing his face and shaking it like a bowl full of jelly you know don't be me the the thing this uh, movie reminded me of more than anything is the um, novel babbit by uh, sinclair lewis which is also very similarly, it's a, a middle class, you know, guy, just normal patriarchal bullshit, uh, kind of coming to terms with this is a shit existence living in this. And I want my son <laughs> to break out of it. And it's similar to this. <laughs> Great movie. Uh, yeah. Who who related to uh, Isaac? Oh God! More than anything. Um. Yeah, kind of. Uh, it's because a lot of his arc is about his own accomplishments feeling hollow, mm-hmm. you know, and feeling like they weren't worth it. And I think everybody's had a moment in their life where they accomplished something that they tr- like really worked at, and then you get that feeling of like, oh fuck, the what now? Mm. Uh, man, this is like a warshot test of all our insecurities. Uh, for me, it was uh in the flashback, not even a flashback, more of like a clairvoyant thing. And he sees his 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 childhood boo talking to her uh talking to her sister, and uh the boo admits that uh though she's uh uh with Isaac that she's actually in love with uh, Isaac's brother. Uh, and she talks about how Isaac, oh, he's so good and high-minded, and he, he talks about such high-minded things. It makes me feel uh, worthless, uh, and yet he seems like such a child. I seem so much older than him in so many ways. 
Yeah, yeah. and his fucking asshole brother Siegfried. Yeah. What a douche. Oh, and can we briefly get to the scene? I'm confu- it was in one of the dreams he had and it was the classic uh, examination nightmare yeah. and then the examiner brings him to to look upon a scene involving his 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 wife his long deceased wife oh yeah what that was scene that rules scene? that's perfect because we were talking about that's the one that it hit me <laughs> uh personally was he sees his wife what was that is she was that rape was that i don't know i well I, she starts fucking cackling yeah yeah or was this just like a freaky dream thing as well? I don't think so. I think it was a memory because he like says I I I was here yeah. and he witnessed it happening. And then afterwards uh she says, you know, if I go to him, you know, and tell him what happened, he he'll tell me like if uh oh it's okay, it's okay, and if I say I'm sorry to him, he'll say there's nothing to be sorry for. And she's uh talking about how like that sickens her that, (laughs) you know, uh, he's just such a cold, cold person. And that's the thing I fear about myself. Oh, you cuddly little teddy bear. No, I want to be warm. (laughs) I want to be warmer. I want to love you very good. So like the Ghostbusters crossing the streams to blow up, uh, Zool, uh, we have crossed our insecurities to uh, describe Isaac. Uh, we have made a Voltron oh. from our own deepest fears Although and I, what we hate about ourselves. I, I, and his name is a long dead Swedish man. Um, there's a quote when um, it's the when the daughter in law is telling Isaac about when she told her husband she was pregnant. And what is his quote? Because I think that was a very plan um, in terms of I don't want to bring life into this world. I don't want to bring life in this world. I only want uh, one thing, and that is to be stone dead. Yes. <laughs> that, uh, oh, that should man. be our tagline. <laughs> That's kind of like the plaid lad tattoo. <laughs> we should figure out the Japanese characters for that and get that on our lower backs. Um, Fuck this movie. Hour of the Wolf is better. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it we'll get to it that's the plaid lads tagline uh figured that out in kanji i love you jesus christ my favorite thing i watched a little documentary by pitchfork about this record and my favorite thing i saw was down in the comments was one of the top comments went ah uh, yes the semen record. <laughs> he does talk about semen a lot. Semen and fetuses and ovaries. Um, so, yeah. Labia, album. I think he says 20 times. Are we, are we yeah. rolling on this? this is what, what's this yeah. album? This album is in an aeroplane, spelled all European-like, over the sea by Neutral Milk Hotel. The album from 1997, years in the AD. Uh, it is by uh, Nutramel Hotel, which is fronted by a weirdo named Jeff Magnum. Mangum. Mangum. Magnum. Magnum in the XL bunch. Uh, it's full of friends and acquaintances uh, playing instruments. Uh, mediocre. Uh, 
it was released Whoa, on rele- released on merge. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. <laughs> released on merge records. Oh, God. But part of the semi fictitious, semi not fictitious, uh, uh, collective uh, Elephant Six with the likes of yeah, Montreal. I mean, they're a real thing. Stereo, they just don't do Elf a Power. Lot. Yeah. Uh, but but in terms of actual like distribution and representation, yeah, it was, it yeah, was they don't actually records. do anything. Uh, uh, who put it out? Uh, recorded on uh, analog uh, in a newly built studio whose name I've forgotten. That we'll put it in later. Maybe no. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's got a bunch of songs about Anne Frank's and dreams he had and <laughs> lots of distorted guitar. Take it away, fellas. Well. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Frank, I, I thought I played it close I, to my chest. This is a, uh, I would probably say, landmark record for two people on this call. <laughs> oh, well, no, I mean, here's the thing. I'm, 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 I'll get to it. <laughs> so this is a landmark record for one person on this call, and it's me. I mean, more like a land shark record for me. <laughs> Frank, 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 say nice things about the record. No, I, I, I only have nice things to say. I'll get to it. (laughs) When? Do you want to go first, Frank, or or should I? I mean, I kind of do. I mean, this record has been a part of my life for a really long time now. Let let me. Uh, Since when? How old were you? Because that I'm interested in that. I was 17. Okay. So, and I am now 28. So that's 11 years. This is a record that, uh, when I was just dipping my toe into music that wasn't on WMMR, uh, was, you know, oh, Tom, Tom just made a face. No, I was signaling, signaling to Justin that if we wanted to do another bit where we sang a bunch of uh, MMR songs. Yeah, I was trying to think of how Cult of Personality goes. <laughs> Look, that's a great song, though. That's a like good song. Joseph that Stalin ha- or Gandhi. <laughs> the Cult of Personality. Cult of personality. That's a great song, though. Uh, you have to pick a shitty song. Um. Like, uh, back off, I'll take you off. <laughs> <laughs> Headstrong, I'll take on anyone. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. <coughs> but anyway, when I was dipping my toe into music that wasn't that, uh, along came albums like uh, this one in the airplane over the sea, like Mass Romantic by the New Pornographers, um, and whatever that one really good broken social scene record was. You forgot it in the people. That one. Um, yeah, and I was like, oh, man, there's real music out there that can make you feel things with your heart and make you think about life and art um, differently than you'd ever thought about, uh, about it before that can expose you to a range of thoughts and feelings that you've never had before, where music can't just be like in, uh, an outlet for like rage and adolescent sadness. Suddenly it's all about like, uh, identifying with a long dead, uh, Jewish girl who was a victim of a horrible tragedy, uh, or being this sort of, uh, fetus homunculus being grown in a jar mm-hmm. with or two heads. That. And maybe you feel like that two headed boy. Sometimes I know I do Justin, take it away. Um, okay. So I came to this album late. Um, 
I had known about it for a good long while. However, most of my experience with it was, how do I put this? Um, Pseudo fake um, feminist men using the album to impress women. Oh, oh, I don't want to name drop. Most things. What? But that's most things. We, no, we had we had particular we experience with this. Very <laughs> oh specific. I want person. to name drop somebody, Many, but I can't. A, a few very specific people, and okay. it put a bad taste in my mouth, including for a this album. a certain nouveau emo revivalist in a certain uh, let's call it a patriarchal band, quite literally. Oh, uh, no. who uh, who no, was no, dating no, a fifteen no, year old no, no. at the time? Yeah, 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 yeah. We all have those kinds of stories from people we knew in high school. Um, but then, but then college. I, but then I uh-oh, had, uh-oh. Um, I had other friends who uh, loved this album, and so I would give it a shot. And it's like, okay, that's fine. But then, what broke it for me was I had a dream. I had a dream before I ever listened to the album, right? But it's a dream that even now I keep coming back to, and I don't know exactly what it means. And it was, I was a man in the dream and I was married to this woman and her sister. I see within the dream, the sister gets involved with, uh, drugs and ends a, in a, a violent death. And so I, a year later, me and my wife go to her apartment to finally put things in order uh, which my wife couldn't handle that uh, until this point. And when we go in, th- things start moving, uh, and you could feel the sister's presence in there. And I woke up weeping. Um, the way I listen to music, uh, I, I'll like listen to a couple of the first two tracks, and then if I like it, I'll repeat them. And so I was going through the album like this, and I was like, I was liking the album, but I didn't get it until I got to the song Ghost. Yeah. And the very first time I listened to it, it, it broke open for me and it put me in that immediate mindset of that dream I had had. Uh, this is a very personal album, but it's an it's an album about violence done, up, in my opinion, violence done upon young bodies and minds. (laughs) You know, it's an album um, for adults who used to be hurt children. And once, once that broke open for me, Oh, it, it, it flooded in (laughs) and it's an incredibly power, in my opinion, an incredibly powerful um, album and artistically, uh, and literarily <laughs> so fucking interesting. Yeah, I will say the closest thing I've ever had to a religious experience was six years ago when uh, Jeff Mangum made his sort of brief reappearance into public life. We should mention that Jeff Mangum, the the lead sort of singer and songwriter of uh, Neutral Milk Hotel, is a notorious recluse mm-hmm. who shortly after the release of this record pretty much disappeared from 
the public eye until about 2012. So that's from 1997 to 2012. He kind of went off the grid. Mm-hmm. Um, and he reemerged uh, six years ago to do a brief solo tour and sort of teased the fact that he might be doing more stuff and he hasn't done anything since then. Uh, but he did uh, a show with a bunch of people from the Elephant Six Collective as sort of Neutral Milk Hotel light, kind of. Um, and he did this album and bits of On Avery Island, which is the previous album. And uh, closest thing I've ever had to a religious experience was the sort of three-song uh, uh, continuous play of Midland. In the Aeroplane Over the Sea, Into Two-Headed Boy, Into the Fool, uh, live. And there were people actually like shaking and weeping in the audience. It was amazing. Um, Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I, I couldn't make it through this album in straight runs. It's so intense. Yes. And I just heavy. (laughs) Well, intense. It's like smelling salts. Uh, And I just, I couldn't deal. And uh, so I, I, I got through it. In bits and pieces, and it's it's a it's a classic case of what's it like? What's it like? It's like a cult, and every, all my friends are in the cult, and they're like, "Just come in, Tom, come in." And I just don't get it yet. Uh, it's like one of those uh, the post the post series uh, Futurama extended movies. I'm I'm very resistant. I'm I'm Leela. I don't want to. Two of those are good. Yeah, this one was good uh, with the. I I don't want to join Evo. <laughs> So leave me alone. Fry. That was a good one. Uh, and it's just too much. And there's just there's a non simpatico thing with it. And honestly, I chalk it up to and I think me and you, Justin, have talked about this in past in the past before we even dreamt of podcasts before this was a glint in our eyes before even before Frank was born before it was a, a glint in the come of my dad. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> Seaman. Seaman, Seaman. Uh, so, uh, and we talked about how um, this record might be more relatable if you had a, I don't want to say ordinary, I don't want to say a standard, but uh, if you had a different adolescence than the one I had, uh, which was, uh, I was, uh, it was alienated, which is not uncommon, uh, but alienated in version B as opposed to version A. <laughs> so a different kind of alienation. And it was very chaste and it was very uh um socially uneventful. So I, I, I don't really connect with sort of the the adolescent themes of the record lines like laying down uh, and seeing what our bodies are for and sort of like that that sort of like youthful pretty sexual uh, exploration aspect of it. Can't relate. Uh, error. Error. Four hundred four. Nostalgia not found. Uh, and uh, Justin, you, you don't polish the notion. <laughs> well, I think I I used to be like you, Tom, until I took these pills. <laughs> 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 no, I I used to be like you, and and I here's the thing. I if you try as hard as you can. You, I, I don't, I don't think you would like this album, and I think that's fine. I think it's like innate. Like I feel like it's an innate. I think it's just like a personality thing. I, I it, it might be. I mean, here's the thing. Well, 
I'll say this real quick. Here's the thing. Uh, fuck every <laughs> every bit of music <laughs> that was influenced by this album. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that's another thing. That's another thing. I'm hearing the wellspring of everyone I'm up against as a musician out there in the world now. Um, let me rephrase that. Not, not fuck every bit of music that was influenced by this. Fuck every musician who's trying to... Do, to yeah. be this unadulterated yeah i get yeah, that yeah. which is a lot um you know what just made me laugh really hard fellas and feel free to cut this uh but when justin said i was once like you i immediately had the thought of like the government money i am wearing a, a riddler suit <laughs> <laughs> exactly and i was like what's that guy's name and if you just google the words government money riddler his name comes up and it's matthew lesko but that said that said there's a lot to talk about there's uh there's the, there's the over there's the emotional content and the lyrical content but there's more going on besides that it's got really um so it had a lot of uh distorted distorted in unpleasant ways like not just like rock and roll jimmy page distortion like like something was turned up too much and it clipped uh, uh acoustic guitar which is kind of interesting and 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 bass and synth and it was recorded in a really idiosyncratic way mm. uh, i highly 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 recommend the 33 and a third uh book for this album is it one of the bullshit ones where they try to do like a story out of no, it no no it is the best kind which is like just the facts, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have more stuff to say about this record? I mean, I do, uh, but I can't remember. <laughs> I love it, and it's very good. And you should listen to it sometimes, folks. Um, And I would say that mu- um, uh, music, there is magic to music. Um, And I believe that the magic is something that you yourself have to believe in. You are the uh, catalyst for it. And <laughs> Jesus. And um, I believe don't strain yourself to try to like this album or to try to get it. You know, no, what I mean? it's kind of a if you don't, then you don't. Yeah. Which and which is fine because yeah. it is a heavy album. It is an um, uh, uh, elliptical album. Uh, it is. Um, yeah. Don't worry, little babies who don't get it. Come over to my place. We'll drink some and listen to Lou Reed. It'll be fun. Uh, so, fuck this album. He has no other records, so we can't say anything. No, he's better. got the one, but I've never heard it before. Oh, the first it's, one. It's Ooh. fine. It's just not as good. Fuck this album, Her Majesty. The Decemberist is better. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because uh, the guy's it's December. not. It's it's garbage. It's not, but it's not better. <laughs> The Decemberist guy sings just like this guy. Yeah. Plaid um, lads love Frasier. It's a favorite show. <laughs> I love you, Thomas. Hey, wait, is this? What is that? It, I suddenly Seymour. <laughs> yeah. this, week. this week on Frasier, Dr. Frasier Crane is in a conundrum. Should he fuck his patient <laughs> girlfriend or not? The answer on this week's Frasier season one, episode seven. Call me irresponsible. Bull, 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 bull. You're irresponsible. So, uh, this 
episode. I've seen it so many times over the years, and it's an early one. It's great. And so Frazier has a, a call-in guest who's a real bastard, the kind of uh, imaginary sleazy bad boyfriend from the 90s, where he's dating this girl and he just want to cut her loose because he wants to keep his options open. And Frazier says, you let that girl out into the world. The girl then comes into the studio. I say girl, but I mean woman, age-appropriate woman. We'll get to it, fellas. Uh, mm. And uh, um, she and Frazier get to talking. Uh, and then they get to dating and Fraser has a moral conundrum. Now, the woman in this episode, I have always found so incredibly attractive. I've seen this episode so many times over the years. I've always found her just ridiculously attractive. And then before watching it for this podcast, I watched it recently and I was just, oh my God, like, I just, I don't know. It's just the, those blue eyes and the, the dark hair and just the face shape and everything was just working. And I was just like, I had to know who she was. So I went on to IMDB and I had to know if she was in something else. And uh, she's a British actress, so kudos on the accent. And her name is Anne Donahue. Uh. Yeah, I spent uh, a very long time thinking that this actress was Maura Tierney from News Radio. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, you're talking. You're talking to Justin, who's a Maura Tierney connoisseur. I. Uh. She's like number one <laughs> in my oh, book. Wow. More than Ross Doyle. Jesus. More than Perry um, Gilpin. So Gilpin. I, I would say, fellas, this was the funniest episode we've done so far. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fully. I agree. Best jokes. I, I would also add that this is um this is one of the uh best ones we've done so far in that it does what Frasier will occasionally do, which is it's a very interesting moral conundrum of an yeah. episode. True. True that. Um, it it is actually doing something for once, you fucking show. <laughs> it makes me laugh when Fraser continually almost vomits when he tries to have sex. Yes. What's the noise? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's my go-to um fake um coming noise. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, ladies and gents, if you want to get out of having sex with a person. Just <laughs> pretend to almost vomit like Fraser Crane. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get out of having sex with somebody, you say, I don't oh, want to have sex yeah. with you. You say, no, thank you. And then you move on with your life. And, and then they leave. Uh, there's a subplot where Daphne is setting up a Christmas card. And it's oh, yes. uh, <laughs> October in the time of the episode. Uh, crucially, October 21st. It's not even Halloween. Yes. Let me let me I want to ma uh, make an appreciation for the character of Daphne Moon. What kind of appreciation, Justin? Jesus Christ. A Niles Is it kind of appreciation? appreciation? No, the opposite. This, this show You pervert. This show does not sexualize this character. Enough. Niles does. Uh. Okay. <laughs> kind not, of and kind of not. But I want to appreciate because you rarely get to see this, that she is a female character who is a hilarious weirdo. She gets yeah. to be over the top. She gets to be uh, just an oddball. And um, uh, she plays it perfectly. She's always so delightful and funny. And to you out there, Miss, what's her name? Daphne Something. Moon, I salute you. Jane leaves. Jane, Jane leaves. leaves. 
never leaves. You're too delightful a person to ever die. Don't don't put that on her. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, really good. It had uh, one of my favorite sequences where they're setting up for the photo and Frazier's taking a nap and he comes out and they've got the Christmas decorations mm-hmm. up. And he goes, uh, "How long was how I long asleep? Was I asleep for?" And then he's being a spoil sport with the with the Christmas photo and uh, uh, somebody says, uh, "Oh, you're, do you know what day it is?" And he goes, "It's October twenty first. Mm. <laughs> great sequence. Yeah, a great joke. Great show, great joke, great ape. Great ape. <laughs> oh, we got the <laughs> next week on Plaid Lads. Lads. We're gonna, we're, doing, uh, we're gonna talk about. We're having a cornucopia Thanksgiving feast, and you all out there in Radio Land are invited. You bring the turkey and the corn, and, and then the pumpkin pie. And the pumpkin pie. I'm not providing anything except for a warm home and a kind voice to speak into your ear is this the big ear guy again yes (laughs) (laughs) also we're not talking about politics next week ladies and gents no politics no politics get out of here politics you're not wanted in my home we are going to be watching and discussing the 1936 (laughs) japanese film uh mr thank you arigato san uh we shall also discuss the music record. Help I me. know you. She's a dragon. Oh, the band. Yes, We're music gonna... from yeah. Big Pink by the band, which uh, is great. So we're just gonna bask in its glory. Yeah, we're just gonna. Spoiler alert, folks. We like the it. Three of, the three of us here are guys with beards who wear flannel. <laughs> we yeah. like the band. It's it's a album by the band. <laughs> you can guess how that's gonna play out. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, we're going to talk about a Frasier episode by the name of Justin. Help me out here. Justin, Justin, I'm not please. helping you, you son of a I bitch. I think it's you called Beloved Infidel. It's called Beloved Infidel. Beloved Infidel. Ding, ding, ding. You got it, Frank. How did I do it? I would no scoped it. I didn't even look at my phone. Uh, you can find the Plaid Lads on your iOS and Android devices, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Where Frank, our Twitters are, is starting all sorts of shit. Oh, yeah. Plaid Lads uh, at, at Plaid Lads Pod. Uh, also at Frank McDevitt. Follow me and at me, people. Ooh. My screen name is currently Pumpkin Pie Podcast Boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, I've got a band. It's called Elbow Ache. You can find it at elbowache.bandcamp.com. Justin has a brand new Instagram. Instagram. Yes, it's for all of you la- ladies and lads out there on the Instagram world stage. Uh, it's called uh, Some Things That Made Me Cry. I'm going to share things that make me cry. Come on in. It's going to be fun and wet. <laughs> that <laughs> that unironically sounds just up my alley, so I'm going to follow that. <laughs> and uh, also follow welcome underscore two underscore wonderfalls. And also listen to Wonderfalls' new album, Mayday. Mayday, Mayday. On Bandcamp for free, or you can pay for it if you like, right, Justin? Correct, Frank. Give Justin money. Please. Give me your money. To close out this week, we're all going to talk like this for a while. Okay. Thank for you, Justin. Minutes. I would like to talk like this for a while. This is a wonderful thing that we're doing, Frank. <laughs>
are the plaid lads. Son of a bitch. And on that note, (laughs) (laughs) we are the the plaid lads, my friend. And we'll keep on plaiding till the end. We are the plaid lads. We are the plaid lads. No time for losers. Cause we are the plaid lads. <laughs> Shoot us all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a fun one. I love you.